there, and welcome to Homeschoolhood, the show and community where we talk about all things education and parenthood and the beautiful mess where they intersect homeschool. I'm Erica Ladd, former public school teacher and parent turned homeschool mom to my two elementary age daughters. I never thought we'd homeschool, but we accidentally fell in love with it this past year and haven't looked back. Whether you homeschool or not, my hope is that you find encouragement, practical ideas, and some real talk about raising and educating tiny humans here on Homeschoolhood. This episode is going to give you a real detailed idea of how we structure our homeschool days, weeks, and school year overall in terms of schedules and routines. I know for so many homeschoolers, myself included, getting these pieces down for how we want our days to flow and getting my head around the routine was key. So I want to give you the nitty gritty sneak peek of those things in today's episode. Before we get into that, I have some news. We have another homeschool mascot. We adopted a puppy this week. So... Basically, this whole homeschool schedule and routine might might be about to go up in flames. It's yet to be determined. We've been on fall break this week. I surprised my daughter for her birthday with an adopted puppy that we absolutely fell in love with. She is a 10-week-old tripod pit bull, so she's missing part of her front right paw. Um, but she hops along just fine, is otherwise totally healthy, and she just kind of stole my heart at the rescue that we've been following. And so I went and snatched her up on Wednesday. So we've yet to have a homeschool day with a brand new puppy. We will see how that goes. Any homeschooling with puppy tips? Let me know. But the beauty of it is we're all home. We all can help and we have all the flexibility we want. So this schedule may change a bit, but that's the beauty of it, right? Okay, so... I want to preface this episode by, first of all, saying that this is just what works for our family and our situation. I am not in any way telling you that my way is better than yours or that this is the way you have to do it if you homeschool, but, and truly it might not work the same way for your family and that's okay. We tend to be schedule people. So both because of the girls' past life experiences and trauma before we adopted them and just because kind of how we're all wired, schedules just work better for us. So even before we were homeschooling, I had schedules and routines in place for the girls to help us all function at our best. And that's kind of how it's always been. So this was a natural fit. That being said, that schedule is always flexible and not so much necessarily strictly time-based, like from 12 to 1230, we do this. Um, but more of a flow and a rhythm to our day. And there are days we skip certain things or there are days we let something else go over because we're we're doing a deep dive and a rabbit trail into something related. So just know that as we talk about this, that I, I try to stick to this to make sure we get things in, but it's also very flexible and I don't freak out if we're not right on schedule. That's the beauty of homeschool. You get to do what works for you. Another thing I'd like to say right from the start is that when I say things like, This is when we do language arts or math or science in these nice, neat categories and chunks of time. Just know that at least for the way I teach, everything actually overlaps and that's okay. And in fact, research-based best practices for education do recommend making cross-curricular studies and connections whenever possible to connect what you're doing in science to what you're doing in writing and reading and 
math to what you're learning in social studies. As as many cross-curricular connections as you can make, the more meaningful that learning becomes. So this is all very fluid. I guess it's making sure that I'm covering material and having things planned. And then I look for any opportunity to connect across subjects. So it's not like we may only do science at science time. We end up doing reading. We end up doing writing for sure. We end up doing math, all of those things together. So first let's talk about how we structure our overall school year. Um, Last year and this year so far, we stick to a pretty typical four quarters academic year with some flexibility and breaks as needed. But some states have different requirements, but here we just need to teach the required subjects and we can schedule our school year however we want. So I shoot for 36 school weeks and 180 days of school, which I just keep track of for me, much like the public school requirement. It's just also what I'm used to um, as as a former classroom teacher. So that just feels comfortable to me. And it also just helps us stay on track and hold us accountable a little bit. I think I would get too loosey-goosey if I didn't keep track of those things just for me. So there's that. We start in early August typically and are done by the end of May before Memorial Day. That's kind of the school calendar around here in Arizona. Um, Typically we have nine week-ish quarters and then a one week fall break a two-week Christmas break, a one-week spring break, and then any other breaks as needed. Knowing that we have all the flexibility in the world, it's also very easy to be like, hey, we're going to take a four-day weekend. Let's make sure we get all our work done by Wednesday. So we have Thursday and Friday. We have that ability with only two kiddos. I am thinking of a little bit more of a modified year-round starting next summer maybe with a longer summer break but shorter than usual because the summer just kind of sucks here in Arizona and it gets very long and then that gives us more flexibility when the weather is nice and other times of the year plus the routine is just kind of hard to get back into after that long of a break so we'll see how this looks next year but so far that's what we're sticking to. Okay now weekly what our school weeks typically look like is The bulk of our regular lessons and schooling happens Monday through Thursday. And then Friday is our homeschool group co-op, which rotates through sewing, nature study, themed parties for the month, and field trips. Um, All of the moms kind of take turns. I'm going to do a whole other episode on co-ops, but just so you know, that's kind of how we do it. We don't drop kids off, but we just are kind of all together on Friday mornings. And then we take turns of which mom is in charge of the activity. I try to get weekly work finished up by Thursday and then that way we can also use Friday afternoon as a either just a fun time or a finish it up time after we get back from co-op if we didn't get to something. The subjects that we do every day and I'll get into more detail about what these look like in a minute but we do um, some independent morning work every day. That's kind of how we start the day off with just some independent practice type things while I'm getting things together morning basket all together, language arts, math, and social studies. Language arts and math, I've talked about this a little bit, but I've started to do an alternating block schedule. So Mondays and Wednesdays, I have a longer language arts block of time with Vanessa, for example, while Julia does independent reading and iPad language arts, things like Night Zookeeper, Epic Books, different language arts activities on the iPad. And then Math on Mondays is Julia's block time while Vanessa does math type things on her iPad, Prodigy, teaching textbooks, other math activities. 
then it switches on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I talked about this on some homeschool update videos on my IGTV. So you can go check those out over there on Instagram. But this gives me more time with them and it's not switching context and sub like it's not switching kids and curriculum so frequently. So we tend to double up on our language arts and math um, lessons or have time for an extra game or something like that while I'm working with just one of them at a time. Everything else we do together. So language arts and math are the only things we do separately. Sometimes we still play a math game together because they're in third and fourth grade. So there's a lot of concepts that they both need to practice or a language arts game. We obviously do read alouds and things like that together, but otherwise we keep those two subjects fairly separate. Spanish and science then, okay, so we do social studies together. Then Spanish and science alternate Monday through Thursday. And then there's an extras category at the end of the day. And that alternates. So like one day we might do music and piano lessons, another day art, another day poetry tea time, et cetera, just depending on what we have time for. Monday and Wednesdays, the girls also do have gymnastics for two hours in the afternoon or evening, depending on the day. Okay, so daily, I'm just going to walk you through our schedule because I think it's helpful to just see really like, okay, what, but really, what does this look like? And I will talk about this a little bit more on Instagram also. But the girls wake up sometime between 6.30 and 7. If they're not up by 7, I wake them up to get started with the day. That may change as they get a little older, but right now that works for us. Um, And then they have a morning routine that they take care of for themselves. So they do all of their self-care types of things before they even come downstairs. So we shower at nighttime typically, and they brush their teeth in the morning, wash their face, make their bed, get dressed before they even come downstairs. It just cuts down on transition time, which is nice. Then they get themselves breakfast and they have morning chores. Um, I'll talk about that in a minute. And then they have a little bit of outside playtime before we start our school day. While they're doing that, I'm getting myself ready. I'm having coffee. I am getting school things ready. So we're really not like interacting a ton until about 8.30. Um, A word on chores though. So in the morning, they alternate weekly, taking turns, unloading the dishwasher and tidying the living room. So whoever's weak it is to do the dishwasher, the other person tidies up the living room, straightens the couches, picks up the floor, They also need to fill up their water bottles and practice their piano before going outside. So outside is kind of the carrot that I dangle to get those couple things done. I have found if I wait till after, you know, afternoon, evening to practice piano, it doesn't get done. So that's just a part of their morning chores. Now the puppy will obviously be part of their outside time. Before that, it was like riding bikes out front or playing on their skateboards or something. And now they will be taking care of the puppy and wearing her out in the backyard. I have found if I don't start the day with some outside time, it is much rougher. Like there is something to, they need to get outside. We also don't do any screens in the morning because the day does not start out well that way for our family. I know lots of families like using screens in the morning as a slow start to the day. That just doesn't work for us because we end up with lots of crankiness when it's time to turn it off. So we stick to this kind of routine. On the weekend, they do have additional chores. So Saturday is kind of their big chore day and these ones they get paid for. So this is how they get their allowance. Um, Saturday chores before they do anything else after breakfast is to clean their room and their bathroom. They share a bathroom and then they have to clean up the dog poop, which now there's going to be twice as much. So they're going to be thrilled. 
And then Sunday, they do need to wash and put away their clothes. They know how to do that. So my girls are 10 and eight to give you a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of an idea. And just keep in mind that we've worked up to these. This is the first year that this is all that they're responsible for. Um, You know, so we've definitely worked up to independence on these chores and it takes time and it takes effort and it takes it being done maybe a way you don't want it to be done for a while, but it's worth it. Okay, so after their morning time, right around 8.30, they come inside and we start with independent morning work while I get things together. So morning work right now looks like handwriting for us. They do handwriting without tears, just one page. Honestly, they mostly do it for fun. I'm not real worried about it. I don't even really check it. It's just kind of a brain warm up. It's like kind of a creative thing for them because they love doing practicing their cursive. And so that's just kind of a fun thing for them. They also do their spelling. They have like a unit of spelling words a week. And then there's one day of practice each week. Sometimes we take a test on it. Sometimes we don't. Again, this is something I added because they asked for it and they thought it was fun. So it's really more just a way to work with words and practice spelling without being super high stakes. They also have a question of the day journal, just kind of for fun and some writing creative practice. And then they get a daily geography practice that just has like two questions based on the same map all throughout the week, practicing those map and geography skills. So their morning work, I try to be done with that by nine o'clock at the latest to make sure I'm ready to start the day. Um, And then we sit down to do our morning basket together. That, That includes a poem that they read a daily affirmation. We're working on those together and talking about them, a word of the day, vocabulary, kind of just a fun thing. And then some sort of rotating health resource. So I'm including mental health, emotional, physical, spiritual, all those kinds of things. And the resource rotates each day. So I don't do all the things every day. And I have a morning basket video up on my Instagram also, if you want to check out what I mean by that. Then around 9.15 or so, um, we get into our language arts block. So that means working with one of them on their lightning literature, which is their reading and their grammar. And then writing, sometimes that's composition through lightning literature. There's a composition component. Sometimes it's working on writing and rhetoric fables that we've talked about before. Sometimes it's seasonal, like they wrote about a haunted house last week or something else that we need to work on. So writing really varies. Um, They've been hesitant with writing this year, which is kind of strange because they were not before, but I think they feel it leveled up a bit. So I'm kind of trying to make it fun and approachable. And then we'll get into more of those composition assignments from Lightning Literature because they've struggled with those a little bit. So like I said, I'll be working with one of them at a time um, on that day and not switching to the other one. She just has independent work to do during that time. So I have a good like hour, hour and 15 minutes to really dig in to read with her, to work on her writing project, to, um, you know, dig into the grammar, maybe play a grammar game even. So that's been really good to get deeper into language arts. Then around 1030, we break for a snack. We go downstairs. Most of this is done up in the homeschool room in our loft, but then we go downstairs about 1030 and we do snack and read aloud. The girls like to color. They have like a Harry Potter coloring book right now while I do read aloud. And so we have like a monthly read aloud that we're working on. Then we come back upstairs for math at 11 o'clock. And again, whoever didn't work with me for language arts that day, then they're working with me for math and they're doing two days worth of lessons in that amount of time. 
we use Singapore math and they love that. We try to break up in between with like a game that reinforces it. There's tons of activities in there and it's going great. After math, right around noon, we do social studies, which is only about a half hour. We do on Mondays, our Arizona studies weekly. We're learning about Arizona history this um, year and all the Arizona like state standards for third grade. And then we're also working on ancient times and ancient history. So we're doing history quest Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Then, um, okay, so then around 1230 at the latest because otherwise we get hungry and cranky. It's lunch and quiet time. So we have lunch. The girls make their own lunch. In fact, we're going to start doing, they're making their own lunch the night before. It just saves us so much time during the school day. And especially with the puppy, I think that the school day is going to get cut short sometimes. So that will be helpful. They We eat lunch and then they have 45 minutes of quiet time in their room. Right now they're listening to audiobooks on Audible or on Epic Books while they play Legos. And it's perfect, but it's a break for everybody in our own space. It varies what they work on. It just has to be quiet, just has to be in their room. So then after quiet time, we regroup for either Spanish on Monday and Wednesday. We're using Song School Spanish 2 for that and playing the games and activities that go with that and love it. And then uh, science on Tuesday and Thursday, which science is always a bit of up in the air. We're working on owls right now with some resources I've pieced together. So that's been fun. Uh, after that, so that's like what must get done. Sometimes even the Spanish and science has to take a back burner situation. We for sure prioritize getting up until lunchtime. And then once in a while, depending on the schedule, things go awry from there. But then from like 2.30 to 3, we try to be done by 3. We'll fit in an extra piano, art, poetry tea time, maybe an extra science experiment, whatever we have time for. And then they independently play. They can have TV time while I'm making dinner later or after dinner as a family, but that's about their TV time for the day. Um, and that's about it. Some days we go to gymnastics after that. Some days we go to gymnastics a little earlier, like right after Spanish and science. So that's how it varies daily. So that's a bit of a sneak peek at our routine. Um, if you have any questions, let me know. I'm happy to answer them. I know that I kind of rattled through all that and it makes sense to me, but if something is not making sense to you, please let me know. And I'm going to be over on Instagram this week, making sure to show you some of these things in action so you can kind of get a feel for what a typical day looks like for us. But again, just know that it can it can be anything, but I do think that a flow and a routine is helpful for you, both you and them to know what's coming next. Honestly, even if you're not homeschooling, um, I will say something that it does help with with homeschool is it it kind of it kind of takes the burden off of me as the nagger, <laughs> if that makes sense. It's like it's not me telling them it's time to do math; it's the schedule. So there's something helpful with that when you already get a lot more pushback as the mom than like a classroom teacher might from the same kid. So that has been helpful for us too. All right, let's get into a listener question. I asked for questions as I was preparing this episode on Instagram about specifically schedules and routines with kids. So let's get into that. Um, Kristen said, I really need tips on implementing cleaning, a cleaning up routine to my four and two-year-old's day. Okay, thing number one, those ages are tough but it is, it is not impossible. I actually met my girls for the first time when they were right around those ages, like almost two and three and a half. 
And we started with a good cleanup routine right away. So here's what I will say. You're going to need to help them at first, but what I did was to teach them that we clean up together before taking new things out. That was what worked for my girls. They also were very, um, I will say they were very mellow and neat players anyways. They weren't tornadoes in the play space, but if you you if you have kind of a Tasmanian devil type kiddo who plays by taking off, out all of the things, which is fine, um, then maybe instead of moving on to the next, like instead of trying to do it before you take out another thing, because they're already playing with multiple things at once, maybe just having a few times a day that they know it's just cleanup time, like before lunch or before snack, before something that they want to do. That's the thing. You got to dangle a little bit of a carrot because they will, they, they're not going to like it at first. Nobody really likes cleaning up. Right. And especially if, if you feel like this is an area that's kind of gotten out of control for you and they're used to leaving everything and then you cleaning it up at the end of the day, they're going to resist this at first. So you need to hold firm. It doesn't mean it's not working. In fact, I think it does mean it is working. If they're resisting and then seeing you follow through with, nope, we're really not going to the park until you clean that up. So, and you can say it in a more positive way, even when we clean this all up, then we can go to the park. And again, you're going to need to help them at first so that you you can't just stand back and be like, okay, clean this up. They feel overwhelmed. Um, You can kind of distract them by being like, okay, let's see who can clean up all the Legos, grab the Legos who can clean up all the stuffed animals, grab the stuffed animals and making it a fun game, something like that. Also, just think about the space that they're actually cleaning up. If you have too many toys um, or it's always different what place those toys go away, it's going to be very hard for them. It has to be easy for them to put away. They need to know where everything goes and not be overwhelmed by too many toys. If you feel like you have that, you might want to start with a Um, deep clean in an organization and even put some toys aside that either are very hard for them to clean up or that you feel like just are not their favorites to put them away for a little bit and then you might be able to rotate them back in. That would be my suggestion. So hope that was helpful. Um, I hope just getting a look at our routine and our schedule helps. I really do think from my experience in the classroom as a mom and now as a homeschooler that kids, most kids thrive on some sort of routine. It doesn't have to look just like mine, like I said, but I think kids in particular who have their whole day managed by grownups really take a lot of ownership in seeing like, oh, I can look at their routine and see what's next. I know what to expect and I'm just not waiting around for someone to tell me what to do all day long. That's kind of a frustrating feeling for kids. So as strange as it may seem, giving them a schedule and a routine actually helps them feel more free and at ease because they know what to expect. So that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Let's continue to chat. Ask me more questions. I think a lot of the questions that you guys asked, I hopefully answered in this um, episode about which, which days we do which things and stuff like that. Um, but I am at Lad Erica over there on Instagram. You can find all kinds of videos on all of the things, on schedules, curriculum, um, a lot of looks into our homeschool. You can also find the show notes for this episode with links to anything I mentioned in your podcast player, wherever you're listening. And I'd also love to hear from you. Send me an email at hellohomeschoolhood at gmail.com. Until next time, remember you are your child's first and most important teacher and you've got this.